All right. Good morning, everybody. Go ahead and grab your last little snack and your coffees and your teas and have a seat. I'm going to try to sit during this time. We'll see how that works because I usually don't like to sit and talk, but I want it to be more like a chat. So um, this was my dad's kind of first selfie. He was like, what's a selfie? And I said, well, that's when you take a picture of yourself. I was taking the picture, obviously. But um, we had been working out in the garden uh, together. This is a couple years ago, probably three years ago, four years ago. And um, so what happened since my dad passed, um, the Lord's been talking to me. And I argued, and he said, no, you're going to do this. And I said, no. Don't argue with God because he always wins. Um, so my title is What I Learned from Poppy. It was kind of fun to put pictures together, and it made me smile. Um, and the scripture that the Lord gave me was from Proverbs 22, 6, Direct your children unto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. And we always think um, direct your children on the right path to God and all that, but it's really directing kids in our lives on the right path for everything, how we treat people, how we our work ethic, um, how we um, rest, how we worship God, all those things. And so um, when I thought about this, I thought, you know, our parents did a pretty good job. Don't you think, Susan? Yeah, my sister-in-law's here. So I think my parents did a pretty good job. You know, there were times where none of us liked them and like all children and growing up and we think they were wrong and you know, sometimes they were, sometimes they weren't, but um, they, I think my parents did a pretty good job, and um, my dad was a pretty big influence in all of our lives, and so um, God gave me this, and hopefully I'll make it all the way through without, you know, making a mess of myself. So the first thing, it's 10 things that I learned, um, smile, be happy, and joy. My dad smiled a lot. Um, even when he was sick in the hospital, first thing the nurses always noticed was his incredible smile and his beautiful blue eyes. That's what they always said. Oh my God, look at those beautiful blue eyes. And he would light up the room because he would love the little flirty nurses. And he would be smiling even when he was sick. Um, there was this one time the doctors couldn't even believe he walked in because he was so full of, his lungs were so full of fluid. And it was actually on the outside of his lungs. So they had to do what's called a thoracentesis and draw the fluid out. And um, they got two liters out. So think about those two Pepsi, like a Pepsi or a Coke bottle, the big plastic ones, two of those, one from each side. And they were like scratching their heads going, how did this man walk, one, walk in, have the breath to talk to us, and be so nice and, and joy-filled and smiling with us? And it's like, well, that's just kind of who he was. Was he kind of getting grumpy? Yeah, we could always get grumpy. But he smiled a lot. Um, he was really pretty happy, and he was just full of joy. And this is one of my favorite verses, is, do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And um, that's been a big one for me for many years. Um, those of you that went through Paseo um, know that was my one of my theme verses um, when I was the assistant lay director. Or that was my theme verse. And, um, you know, during the hard times of life, and there are hard times. He had hard times during life. We all have hard times during life. 
It's the joy of the Lord that gives us our strength to go on. It's the joy of the Lord that gives us the strength to to smile and to be happy and to be filled with joy. It's always got to come from the Lord. But um, the one thing I did, he smiled a lot, and most of us smile a lot, I think, in our family. Um, my mom does it. She doesn't like to smile, and we tease her about it, and then she smiles, and she's got a great smile, too. Be kind. Just be a nice person. Um, this was from earlier in the year when my dad had the flu. So House was visiting. He had his little mask on. We had to wear masks because my dad was the sick one, but anyone visiting had to wear a mask. This is the emergency room. And you can't tell from this picture, but my dad's looking up, talking to House, and he's smiling. Um, I don't know that my dad had anyone that didn't like him. He was just nice to everyone. A kind person. And again, when he was sick in the hospital, one of the nurses one time, um, I think it was during this time he had the flu, so one of the nurses says, oh, I was so sad he's leaving us. I mean, she was happy he was going home because that meant he was better, but she didn't want to lose him as a patient because he goes, I told everyone on the floor they had to come visit him because he's like my grandpa. And because he was nice and he treated people with respect. And he had his own business, um, kind of doing maintenance and anything, really. And all of his customers loved him. Um, he never had any complaints because he treated them with respect. He treated them fairly. He treated them, um, you know, sometimes better than his own family because he would rush out to help them. Um, but just being kind um, got him far, I think. Because referral after referral after referral came in. His business was never about marketing and advertising. Because now we have to market and advertise everything, right? The heck out of everything. His was all by word of mouth. Because he was fair and he was nice and he did a great job. So um, being kind is sometimes hard, isn't it? There are people that it's hard for me to be kind to because they're not kind people. But my dad was kind to everybody even if they're not kind people. And, again, I, I can't think of anyone growing up that ever had a bad word to say about my dad that didn't like my dad. Can you? Yeah, I mean, you've been in, in our lives as long as... <laughs> Susan came into our lives what, when I was like 10 or 12, something like that. My brother's much older than I am. No, not that much older, but 10 years older. So my sister-in-law came into our lives, you know, when I was little. So... She's known him almost as long as I have, and no one hated him. No one disliked him because he was kind. And the word tells us in Ephesians 4.32, it says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. That's why we're kind, because God forgave us. And we need to be tenderhearted. And I'm going to tell you, there are times I can't, it's hard for me to be tenderhearted towards people. And I tend to struggle with that. There are people, you know those people that's in your lives that you kind of go, take a deep breath, exhale. Okay, Lord, help me get through this. That's what I say sometimes. Help me get through this, Lord. Help me to be kind. Help me to see them with your eyes. Help me to be tenderhearted. Help me to forgive. And that's really difficult at times. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think my dad had an unforgiving bone in his body. He forgave. He was, ten, you know, especially towards the end, he was very tenderhearted as he grew older and he was just kind to everybody um serve others this is him 
this is Everett when he was like 18 months old. <laughs> so, but I just, I love the picture because he's, Everett wanted something out of the, our, it, in my parents' house, he wanted something out of the refrigerator, so my dad's lifting him up. And um, my dad served others well. Um, again, he had his own business, and for him it was hard to say no. We started, what, he was, when did he retire, 65, 70? I don't know. He was still climbing on roofs at 80. So, um, but he would have customers, you know, 10 years younger than him calling to help them with stuff. And he had a hard time saying no. Um, as he got older, he got better, but he had a hard time saying no, saying no because he wanted just to help people. He wanted to help people out. He wanted to serve. Um, the story that comes to mind is Jesus washing his disciples' feet, right? He said, you know, do this to others. If I can do this, how much more can you do this? And um, dad never washed my feet, but I'll tell you his funny story. When I was little, um, it'd be at night. We'd be watching TV. He would sit on the couch. My feet were always freezing cold. I'd be in my jammies, and I would put my feet out, and he would grab them with his hands and try to warm them up. And then it, that wouldn't help. And so I'd start wiggling them, like, under a shirt. And pretty soon he'd put a shirt, and my cold feet was on his stomach. And he'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's cold. But he would warm my feet up. I mean, that's what a daddy's going to do anyways. But that's the type of serving others. Even when it was a little painful for him because my feet were so stinking cold, he, you know, put them on his warm belly with his warm hands and tried to warm them up. Um, when his customers called, even if it was in the middle of lunch or breakfast on a Saturday, and they needed they have a pipe broken or, you know, electricity went out or whatever it was, he would go to serve them and help them. And people said, you're crazy. Why? You got to set boundaries. And he's like, no, they need my help. Who else are they going to call? Um, that, and it was stinking cheap. He, he never raised, he didn't want to raise his prices. Um, he was fair. I think he could have raised his price a little, but, um, He's like, no, because these people need my help, and we're doing good, so I want to help them. And so always it was about serving other people with him. And the, from Galatians 5.13 is, you know, my brothers and sisters, we are called to be free, but, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. My dad didn't indulge in the flesh at all. He, was, he lived very simply. He had good things, but he lived simply. And he was very humble. And he did everything in love. And so I thought that scripture fit perfectly for him. Um, and so I think I had a lot, I've had a hard time saying no to people as well. Um, anyone that's, well, Kathy and Dave know being in church with me for so long. Um, you know, we all said yes to everything. How do you say no? And then I learned God is saying it's okay to say no. Um, and so what I do now before I start to serve, I always pray about it. I always pray about it. Am I supposed to be doing this? Is this something that the Lord wants me to do? And sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's no. So it's okay to say no, but you can't say no to everything. How's that? Um, so my dad learned to say no after we started helping him say no, but um, it was still difficult for him to say no and to not serve in capacities as he wanted. And because of that, um, don't be afraid. Number four is don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Um, 
That is his butt sticking out of his chicken coop. And literally, I think that was taken at the beginning of this year. He was 92. And he was the other one, the middle one, he was holding something, cloth. He had a cloth out. I don't know. And that's my hand that's dirty. Um, but we learned that it's, it's okay to get our hands dirty. It's okay for hard work. There he is on ladders. He's drilling. And I mean, literally, we were taken in the last couple of years, in the last year or two years. Um, so he's in his 90s at this point, climbing on ladders, which I would come around the corner and go, because he wasn't supposed to be on ladders, but he still got up on them. Um, he's drilling. He's bending over. Um, we can't be afraid of hard work. Um, we know that there's the saying, work smarter, not harder. Well, I'm sorry, but what I've been seeing with that is people are trying to work smarter and not work hard at all. And so we're seeing people that want things for free. They want it the easy way. They don't want to work for things because they're working smarter, not harder. You still have to do the hard work. And that's one of the things that Dad put into us or Poppy put into us is that hard work will get you places. You do have to work hard for things. Um, for your home, for your family, for your cars, for the things that you buy, for the food on your table, for vacations you want to take. There's none of that comes free. None of that comes free. We have to work hard. We have to get our hands dirty. And when we do that, we reap the harvest. And those are vegetables out of our own garden um, that I had taken. Um, my niece, Laura, I'd asked her, I go, what did you learn from Poppy? And she goes, Planting and har- sowing, planting, harvesting, um, gardening. And that is the one thing I think all of us love. We all grew up with a garden in our backyard. Um, I went over to a friend's house, and they would serve me vegetables that I loved because I liked a lot of vegetables, and I couldn't eat them. I could not figure out why I didn't like their corn or their green beans or their peas or whatever it was. Well, it was all canned. And we didn't eat a lot of canned food in my family because we usually had a garden going. So um, what we sow, what we reap, we're going to gain a great harvest. All of us kids, all the grandkids, and now the great-grandchildren of my dad um, have grown up with gardens and learning how to garden and how to... um, have this food being grown so they can help their family and be healthy. But not only that, we've taught others too. And I think my dad with his work and with his work ethic and just everything has reaped a great harvest through the kids and great-grandkids and the grandkids and great-grandkids. And the people that came to his service, his dentist came to his service. He does that, right? Um, Kevin was the son of my mom's best friend, Kevin or Ken and Ruby Osugi, and they were best friends with my parents. And um, Kevin called my mom, mom, my dad, dad, because they were so close. But Ruby and then Kevin were dentists, and so my mom and dad always went to them. Um, my dad's doctor, he couldn't make it to the service, but he came to the reception because he wanted to be there for all of us. But even though we'd only had him as a doctor for, you know, like three years, he made an impact on him. He's 
he told me that. He goes, you know, every time your dad walked in, I always thought, oh, he's going to make me feel like an idiot. And he meant that in love because my dad was not normal, right? When his health, he thought, oh, his health is failing, he's going to do this. He would do the absolute opposite. And so I looked at the people at his memorial service and thought, wow, we've got people that, you know, my friends, my sister's friends, my brother and sister-in-law's friends, and my dad had an impact on everybody. Um, my niece's husband's parents, how long have they been married now? Ten years? Nine years? Ten years. My niece's been married to her husband for ten years. His parents came because they go, we love Poppy, because they had an, he had an impact on them. So that's the harvest. That's the fruit that he starts to reap. And that's going to continue down the lines as each one of us gets older and pours into the little ones and the little ones and the generations after after and after. I can't even think of the words right now. So in Matthew 13, 8, but other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yield yielded 30, some 60, some even 100 times as much as planted. Um, you get to plant. Every one of us gets to plant. Whether it's actual seeds or God's love in somebody, God's light in somebody, God's forgiveness in somebody, y'all get to plant. Maybe someone planted, Robert planted, Stan comes by, he gets to water. We all have a part in God's harvest. you got to figure out what part it is. Ask God. And as you come on people, you never know what it's going to be. You might plant a little seed in the in the grocery store clerk's life. And then the next person just kind of waters it. And then, you know, four years down the line, somebody comes around and they get the harvest of leading them to Christ. You never know what's going to happen. But we all get to plant. We all get to water. We all get to harvest. So you never know what soil you're going to be planting in. But just keep planting. Keep watering. And the harvest will come. This picture cracks me up. He looks like a movie star. Have fun play. <laughs> he was probably, this is in Big Bear. He, this was probably late 70s, early 80s, maybe like 80, 79, 80. And this was his first time snow skiing. So he was probably late 50s, probably something like late 50s, um, when this was taken. And I know, is that funny? I found that one. I'm just like, oh, I have to use it somehow. I didn't know how, but have fun and play. Um, my dad worked hard, but he could play too. And um, one of the ways, you know, short um, vacations on the weekends, but growing up, he traveled a lot during the summer because he owned his own business. What would he do? He would work, 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 work not book anything for like six weeks and we would hit the road and travel and we saw the countryside we we had his relatives lived in pennsylvania ohio and my mom had some relatives in ohio so we would go that way one year and then the next year we'd go to idaho and montana because my mom's relatives lived in that area so we were back and forth um, through all the different states and um it had some fun you can't i mean my dad loved to laugh Funny story, not so funny at the end, but funny story is he would laugh so hard, he would have to get up and, and leave the room. Yeah, you remember those? I remember once in a theater, we were watching a funny movie, um, 
and he had to leave the theater because he was laughing so hard. And he would he would start laughing. You'd see him. You'd get up, and he'd walk away, and um, compose himself and come back. And he'd do that several times. You know, sometimes during a show, depending on what we were watching. But he loved to laugh. He loved to have fun with the grandkids and the great grandchildren. Um, and the sad part was, is this one time I just left their house. I was, went back to my house in Garden Grove, and my nephew Alec was there. He was little. He got up. He was laughing so hard. He got up. He passed out because he had a vagal 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 event, meaning he just was laughing so hard. You know how you laugh when you can't breathe. Well, then he got up super quick and tried to run out of the room so he could catch his breath. Well, boop, he fell right over. So he's got this big cut. So my mom, I get home. I got a phone call, you know, before a cell phone. I don't think I had a cell phone at that point. So got a message on my machine. Dad fell. We had to call the ambulance. I'm like, I, I just laughed from laughing. So I get to the hospital. And I don't know at this point why he fell or anything. Got to the hospital. And he's there cracking jokes with the nurses, you know, having fun. And they take the, the bandage off. He hit his head on his thing. And they take the bandage off. I just start cracking up. The cut looked like a giant smile on his forehead. I was cracking up. I think he got like 25 stitches. I don't know. There was a lot of stitches because it was a big old thing. And once it healed, you never knew it was there. You could, He did not scar. So, um, but he had this big giant smile and I said, dad, you have a smile on your forehead. And that cracked him up. And I'm like, okay, I won't make you laugh anymore. So anyways, have fun, play. Um, cause we're all working hard, but we have to have some fun too. Laugh. That was his best medicine was to laugh. And when we could get him to laugh, man, it was fun. So play, have fun, laugh. My dad was really good about resting. Um, Sundays, he didn't do work unless absolutely needed. Um, one time, you know, if, if a toilet backed up or a pipe broke, obviously he's going to fix it. But he, on Sundays, those were his days to rest. It was days for family. That's when we'd have our barbecues. But it was really a day of gathering family together, of resting, of if the Lakers were on, he was watching his Lakers. If the Angels were on, he was watching his Angels. I think he was watching Rams for a while when they were in town, now that they were back. Um, but he rested. And I think all of us do pretty good about resting on Sundays. We try. I mean, it's hard for me because I work Sunday mornings, but I usually, probably today, after I get done here, I'm going to go change in my comfies, and I'll probably take a nap. <laughs> but Resting on the Sabbath, he was really good at that. Actually, on this one, I looked at it closely. My nephew is on the roof, and he is watching my nephew fix something on the roof. This was about a year. This was a year ago, actually. I know exactly when this happened. This was a year ago, and he was mad he couldn't get on the roof with it. And he wanted to make sure he was doing it right. So he was sitting there watching him. But he rested. He knew how to rest on Sundays. In Scripture, in Genesis 2, 3, it says, And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Um, my dad worked with his hands. He was strong. Um, up to the end, he was strong. And the biggest thing that the kids love to do, I know my nephew Brian, number one grandson, because his firstborn grandson, 
would go, Poppy, let's arm wrestle. And my dad would beat him every single time. Um, do you remember that? When he would, Brian would do that? No. Brian would come over, Poppy, let's wrestle. You know, and hand arm wrestle. And my dad would beat him every time. And he's like, one of these days, Poppy, one of these days. I don't know that he ever really won him. So I think my dad let him win once. But anyways, so rest. We work hard. We're going to play. Rest. Have a day of Sabbath. A day where you can sit and rest and read a book, watch a movie, sleep, be with family, be with God. Rest. If God does it, do you think it's good for us? Yes. All right. Love is hard. Um, <laughs> the, the one where my parents are dressed kind of funny, um, that is from my niece's wedding four years ago, five years ago. Oh yeah, five years ago. I was thinking 2014, four years ago. No, it's five years ago. Um, we had a photo booth and so we dressed him up and I captioned this picture of them, Pimp Daddy and his Queen. Yeah. So they had fun with that. Um, and then the last, the other one with their feet, I took that picture when we were waiting outside the emergency room at Hogue, and I just thought it was really kind of sweet because it was like they just had to touch each other, kind of like he rested his foot on top of hers, and they sat like that for a really long time because um, we had a really long wait that day. But love is hard. Their relationship was not easy. There was a lot of times they fought. They were very, they're very different people. The way they look at life is very different. There's a lot of you know, similarities, but they're both very different people. And um, they argued when I was a kid. I remember them arguing, um, but they never let it get the best of them. It's like, yeah, relationships are hard. Love is hard, but you just kind of stick with it. And I know in their generation, you did that. You just stuck with it. Um, and I'm not saying if someone's being abusive or, you know, any of that, that you stick with it. No, you get out. I've helped people get out of those situations. And my parents would have been the first people to tell you to get out of those situations. But I think um, today divorce is easy. And people take the easy way um, because love is hard. Love is not easy. And um, they were married almost 72 years. So they were just youngsters when they got married. And um, January 12th is would be their 72nd anniversary we believe i either, i'm pretty sure it says 72nd we couldn't remember if it was 72 or 73 but we're pretty sure it was 72 so love is hard and the scripture i got is first john 4:19. we love because he first loved us we don't love people just because they're lovable because most people aren't that lovable most of the time right there will be times that i really love my brothers and the other times i'm like just go away right um, in relationships, it's the same thing. We love someone, and then we don't, and then we love them, and then we don't. Like, I'm not sure I like you, but I'm going to love you. Um, yes, exactly. So we love before because he first loved us. We can't love without God's love. And so if we have God's love in us, we can love other people. And we can stick out the rocky roads and the tough bumps in life. Um, and be married for, you know, 50 years, 70 years, 60 years, whatever it is, we can be this. But it's not going to be easy. And if you've been divorced, I'm not condemning that at all. 
because I know some of you, and there were reasons, and it's okay. But let's try it. Love is hard. And so let's try to, you know, get through the rough stuff. Let's keep loving as God loved us. Um, you know, those people that I have a hard time being kind to or tenderhearted to, when I read this verse, I think, okay, the Lord loves them, so why can't I? Right? And that makes it easier. And I say, Lord, let me look through your lenses at these people with your love. It's not my love. It's with his love that I can look at people and love them and be with them. So we love before because he first loved us. Number nine, cherish time together. Oh, I still left that one. I thought I took that one, the other one out. Um, this is my dad with one, two, three, four of his great-grandchildren, one of his um, granddaughters, and then Everett's in the middle. I thought I took that one out because I put it in the other one. Um, he loved being, especially with the little ones. He absolutely loved them. Um, the one with my his granddaughter, Karen, and Sophia, that was last Christmas. And Sophia, at that point in time, couldn't get enough of Poppy. And she just kept leaning over and giving him kisses. And then she'd look at him and then lean over and give him kisses. And it was the cutest thing. And he ate it up. And then um, the one with the three little girls. This, um, the baby is now two, just so that's, but this, when the kids are born, he is, he can't wait to go and see the little ones. And he cherished his time together with his family and, and friends. I mean, he was, I think all of his friends died, so he didn't have any friends, but his family, he cherished that time together. And as he got older, we all saw a switch in him, probably when he hit about, 70 is he got even more emotional and clinging to family and just wanted to be around them even more. Um, and whether they were his family or not, um, Everett called my dad Poppy, and my dad thought of him as one of his great grandchildren and treated him as such. Um, and that's why I threw one of his pictures in there. And he didn't care. We have um, my niece, one of my nieces, um, my brother married her mom, and she was brought into our family. We met, I met Jasmine when she was nine months old, and my dad didn't care. That's his granddaughter, and he loved her. He didn't care that she wasn't blood-related. None of us did. We really don't care because she is part of our family. She is my niece. She is his granddaughter, and just loved up, on, loved up on her from the moment she was brought into the family. When we met her at this cute little, chunky little um, nine-month-old. And um, he loved her. And he wanted to see pictures. He wanted to know what they were doing. He wanted to know why people weren't coming over. He wanted to know when they were coming over. And um, we got to FaceTiming in the last few months with him so he could see some of the kids. Um, so I, my sister and I take turns watching Sophia. And so when we were with them, we would FaceTime each other and we'd be with my dad so he could talk to him. And he thought that was fantastic. So cherish your time together with your family and your friends. Um, cherish your time together with your faith family. Um, because we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know how much time each one of us has. 
And so cherish that time together. And number 10, the last one. Fight to live, do not be, but do not be afraid of death. My dad was not afraid of death, but he fought to live. Um, till his last, literally to his last breath. Um, why? Because he had things to do. He was not done living. He wanted to see his kids and his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren. He had literally the night that he died, he was pointing things out and telling me what needed to be done. And when he got better, he was going to do them. And um, he had told my brother the same Wednesday before he passed, I have all these things to do. When I get better, these are the things. And he gave us a list. And so I had to say, Dad, we will take care of him. Don't worry. He looked at, he gave me this look because, really? You're going to take care of him. Yes, Dad, we will take care of him. Are you sure? Yes, Dad, we will take him. So you're going to take, I mean, he questioned me. And I literally, five hours later, he was gone. So this was our conversation. Um, yes. He loved life. He didn't want to die. He wasn't afraid to die, but he didn't want to because he loved life. He wanted to live. He wanted to be part of everybody's lives. He wanted to know what was going on. He wanted to continue to work. That's what he wanted to do. So many today, I hear Christians especially, it drives me crazy. I just want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. God has a purpose for each one of us. This is our home for right now. It's not our eternal home. Heaven's our eternal home. But this is our home. This is where God has us, where he's got a plan for us. He's got a purpose for us. And he wants us to live. Not live like we're dying and that we're going, you know, I just want to go home. And so what's happening is people aren't fulfilling their purposes because they're, they just want to go home. So they think, I'm just going to do whatever I can to get closer to being home. No. Fulfill God's purpose in your life. Fight to live. Enjoy living. Enjoy life. And fulfill that purpose that God has for each one of us. We ask the praise team up. And we know that in all good things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We've all been called according to his purpose. Um, And we need to be living and fighting to live and fighting for life and fighting to complete those purposes rather than trying to go home, right? Ultimately, we do want to go. I want to go. I want to be in heaven. I want to go home. But that's way, way, way. I'm no rush because God has a purpose for me here. And he wants something for each of us, he has a purpose for each of us to complete and to and to do. And so live in that purpose, live through that purpose, live out that purpose. And fight to live. And but don't be afraid of death either. I'm not afraid of dying. But I don't I'm not ready yet. I'm not there yet because God has so much more for, for me and for each one of you. And so fight to live. And we know that in all good things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Poppy was a big influence on my life, and I know 
my brothers and sisters, in-laws, grandkids, great-grandkids, and the kids that we grew up with. Um, we miss them, but what a legacy to live under and to live for and live towards. And I hope that this encouraged you to live a big life, to live, love, live with love, live with laughter, rest, live in God's purpose. Um, because that's what my dad did. That's what Papa did. So, Father God, we just thank you for Poppy. We thank you for the lessons learned. We thank you for friends and family in this room, Lord, that we can walk through the good times and the hard times together. Lord, help us to just draw near to you. Help us to look at this world, to look at each other through your lenses, through your love, through your grace, and through your mercy. Lord, help us to be kind and to serve others not expecting anything back. Help us to be humbly living life in love. And help us to live with, the pur- with your purpose, Lord, if you have for each, other, uh, each of us. And Lord, if, if someone here doesn't know what their purpose is right at this moment, Lord, I ask that you start to reveal that. Reveal that to them, Lord. As for each of us, that it's going to be so different. And in each season, it's going to be so different. So, Lord, just continue to reveal your purpose in each one of our lives. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.